these guys survived the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and live to tell about it. It's Flagrant Howls. Kyle, what a bounce back last night. The Timberwolves. They got they got a guy fired. That's how that's how much they bounced back last night. And I don't I don't mean to it was a soft landing. Then the Wizards coach wound up in the front office. Right? So yeah, I've always wondered how that works. I hope that when I eventually get laid off from Flagrant Howells, I get to like just do You'll be in the full put you in the front office of the in, show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh it was also funny too. Well, that's Unselled Junior, by the way. Uh who I think he was hired back in twenty twenty one, I think, uh, with the Wizards, was a really hot coaching candidate. Uh, and so I thought he would do a good job, has a tree of, you know, family members and be, he was a good part of a good coaching tree. Um, but I just thought last night or this morning when he got fired that remember a couple of years ago, it was 2021 when Joseph Blair, he was on Finch's staff, like did an abrupt, just left in the summer to go to like the wizards. And it was like the most lateral job in the world. The wolves were, you know, kind of up and coming at the time, but, uh, I remember Joseph Blair was going to coach the summer league team back in 2021. And then like two days before they were in Vegas, it's like, actually, I'm going to go coach with the wizards and be their defensive coordinator. And essentially since then the wolves have been really good defensively. And I don't know what Joseph Blair is going to do now, but uh, sometimes, sometimes (laughs) the grass is not always greener on the other side. Was that the revenge game against Joseph Blair? Yeah, I, I bet you that's what everyone came out last night. and said, we got to, we got to get this one for Finchie. We got to, we got to beat (laughs) Joseph Blair. So they do they do bounce back. I mean, it was against the Wizards, and things did get kind of tenuous in that game. And Mike Mike Conley is is still out. He's got some hamstring stuff. He had an illness. We'll see what happens. They do have a, a quick turnaround back to back tonight in Brooklyn. But let's start. Let's just. There's a million things we're going to get to, and <laughs> we've got a random wolf of the week. But I think the striking thing from yesterday was the pregame. So Chris Finch comes out. And he's had 48 hours to sort of think on what happened at Target Center against Charlotte. My God, the Wolves have only lost three home games all year, right? That was one of them. And it was, we talked about it on Tuesday. It was one of the most embarrassing losses considering Cat score 62. So Chris Finch comes out in the post game at Target Center and uses the words disgusting and immature. He was disgusted with his team. And then he reflects on it for 48 hours and he says, you know, I, in retrospect, I should have at least shined a light on Cat's historical performance. And then they, and then they run Cat out on Bally's after the game against the Wizards, right? Okay, this was supposed to happen a couple nights ago, but let's run him out there now to say hi to all <laughs> the fans at home and, you know, make reference to the 62 points. What did you make of just sort of the almost like organizational regret about not giving Cat his flowers for breaking the franchise scoring record. Just a lot to think about. So should Finch have felt guilty for that post game? The reason I'm so pro Chris Finch, I will never understand the X's and O's as much as a Dane Moore or a Jake Painting or a lot of people that listen to this that are fans of the team. But sometimes, and I'm telling you this, man, and Phil, you'll back me up on this, being in locker rooms and actually talking to these guys, it's not always about who can run the best systems. And that oh. might that might piss you yeah. off as a fan. I'm just being honest with you. The best people, the smartest coaches in the league that are geniuses at offense and defense are not always the one that are the head coach. That's Plus, how sports I mean, work. Doc Rivers keeps getting head coach jobs, not because he's an X's and O's tactician, but because he's been a culture builder yep. and a superstar connector, right? And, and the thing is, you can't measure that. I always say, like, you, well, how do you go define culture on basketball reference? How do you see player relations on basketball reference? You can't. But it is such a big thing. And the reason I am always 
pro Chris Finch is because after a game that one of your players was stat hunting and all of his teammates, I'm not going to use a, a drinking analogy. I've been scolded about that, but we're feeding into this whole thing and not being helpful. Uh, the, the coach came out and called everyone out and was like, that was embarrassing. I believe I, I, I consume this on a daily basis with my friends and my family. It's really important to hear what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. Because this organization, for the longest time, has just been telling their star players what they want to hear. And it's probably why they haven't won a playoff series in 20 years. So Finch comes out after the most embarrassing loss of the season and really gets into them. Well, the problem is, and this is some of the downside of fans like me wanting more national coverage of your team or national televised games, is that they just see the snippets. They just see the video, right? So I don't know if this is true or not, but... The post-game questions about kind of like, hey, Finch, you know, like, do you want to provide a little more context on that? I think that's directly tied to what Bill Simmons and Kevin O'Connor were talking about on their podcast where Simmons came out and, you know, loves to take shots in Minnesota. And he, he's still pretty bullish on them as a team, but thinks, I think he referred to them as knuckleheads, uh, was like, not only did Chris Finch, like, drive over Colonte Towns, he, you know, reversed and then drove over him again and reversed and drove over him again like Grand Theft Auto, like you would run over a person. Uh, and started to be like, I think there's some cultural issues there in the locker room and all stuff. And that's kind of dangerous, in my opinion, because that's not true. Like, whatever, the, the team sucks offensively, right? They can't execute. They have a bad offense. There's a lot of issues that people are bringing up that are true. There's not a locker room issue. That's not a guess. That's a, that's a statement. There's not oh, a locker room issue. I agree. So Finch calling him out was necessary I'm actually kind of disappointed that they even felt the need to walk it back. That's where I'm at, too. So, uh, the turn to you, but I mean, yeah, like, so Chris, Chris Hine had a really good tweet before the game. It was in a question by Krasinski, and it was just Finch being like, I'm always going to give them an honest assessment. I probably should have given him a little more flowers for the fact that he did score 62. It's a, it's a big moment for the organization in terms of it's a new record, but, you know, it didn't happen in a win. But I thought Finch kind of tried to walk it back, which is like, I'm actually kind of disappointed because he didn't do anything wrong. I hate when you apologize for things you don't do wrong. Dude, yes. But uh, but yeah, and then and then, Cat after the game, Jace Frederick has this. So I'm just going to read this one quick. But this was Cat post-game Monday after those things. Cat said, I'll tell you one thing. He ain't lying because he said the same thing to us, which is also what Ant said. He's like, Finch yelled at us at halftime, and Finch said that. So um, what you're hearing by him in the post-game is what we're hearing in the locker room. The words he picked today are true. I think at the end of the game, with everything going on and everything, you know, we just have to find a way to be mature and get the job done and something we've done really well all year. True. And just unfortunate it bit us tonight and cost us a chance to come out here with a win. So I don't think Finch needed to apologize. He didn't really apologize. He walked it back. But if you think this team is immature, and they played the most immature team in the world last night, in the Washington Wizards. Uh, it is, yeah. It's, I, think, I think this is why I'm pro Finch and some people are, is that he's just going to continue to be kind of bad cop with these guys because he probably sees that they have real growing up to do. And there's two ways to handle that. Coddle them or just tell them like it is. And he tells it like it is. And that's why I stand for him. But yeah, so just to unpack some of that this. That was a lot. I'm sorry. No, dude. No, don't. See, you just, there you, you just did it. But you I did. Just, I took up a lot just, of time. I did. I did it. No, God damn. You apologized for something you didn't need to. <laughs> Look at me. So I didn't hear the Bill Simmons and uh, KOC podcast. No, you didn't. And I will go. I will go back and listen. And I do. I love listen. I do. I think the Ringer basketball stuff is entertaining, and Mm -hmm. and I'm here for it. Uh, And they've been largely pro Timberwolves. Yep. But let's but let's let's go down a path here for a second because 
and and I'm inferring this from you that they're kind of insinuating, boy, is there some cultural stuff? Is there like some some locker room stuff brewing? And I agree that directly on the surface, there's nothing. There's no there's no like power struggle. Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns clearly coexist and play off each other really well. I mean, look at the look at the lineup numbers plus minuses when Gobert and Cat are on the court. Like everything. Really, like what they need is just a third scorer of some kind. They need some offensive punch. It's not like a cultural thing that's holding them back. But is it weird that Chris Finch felt the need? Like who was pressuring? I don't think Finch is like scrolling through Instagram and social media. (laughs) Like I I don't think he's looking at at replies and saying, boy, you know, uh, these uh, Bob 62574 on Twitter slash X is not happy with the way that I didn't praise Carl Anthony Towns. What compelled him to feel the need to walk back valid and accurate, spot-on criticism? Yeah, no, that's... That's my question. And that's why I'm disappointed, right? And is, like, that, is that the crack in the armor that, oh, man, this team, boy, it's, it, you know, Carl is, Carl's personality won't allow for valid criticism, and so I, I have, now I have to incorrectly walk it back to the public? Okay, we're turning this into one of those crime podcasts. So, yes, <laughs> the crime occurs on what monday against the hornets and then finch says what he says and then carl and ant both say like yep he was really mad at us at halftime and we just didn't listen and then we lost and then simmons does i think his podcast on tuesday right everything seems fine and then wednesday they kind of walk it back so i don't know that's a that's a that's a great question of like who felt the need again you have covered a team or been in those locker rooms much more than i have but well, yes. I, even I was even thinking last night, unrelated, but maybe a basketball topic we can get into is when Carl did his post game stuff with John Krasinski, and John was asking about you know just letting it fly more. Carl looks into the camera and goes, "I've heard a lot of people wanting me to take more threes. I hate that comment, by the way. Well, I will nuts. just say, well, first of all, I'm Dude. just going to say thank you for listening to Flagrant Howls and the Dane Warren <laughs> Bay podcast because that has been something I have been asking for. So. But he he's like this is I don't know this, no, this is going to devolve into like a cat hate thing here for me I know it but even like even in that moment where they're winning a game against Washington after blowing this fourth quarter lead when they're stat chasing and he is the, and he is the guy that's leading the charge trying to get to whatever milestone at first Ant said it was a hundred at some point in the fourth <laughs> quarter maybe it became seventy. Um, but like objectively, he is one of the greatest big man three point shooters in the history of the league. He probably is the greatest seven foot three point shooter in history. Mm-hmm. Yes, he should be taking a lot of threes. I think he took 10 of them last night, whatever it was like. He should be taking seven, eight, nine, ten threes every single night, objectively, strategically. And for him to get in front of the camera and kind of make it like about oh, other people get mad when I don't take three pointers. That's like cat cat. Why do you like do you disagree with that accurate assessment? Why aren't you taking more three pointers? You know, so there's there's so much to unpack these last 72 hours. We're just flying <sighs> here. I love it. Let's keep going. So because I want to I want to one up that uh, I, I kind of see that I kind of see your point, right? Like if I had deemed myself the greatest podcaster of all time, which is only something I'd say privately, I would I should be doing a lot of podcasts. So if you kind of announce yourself as the greatest shooting big man of all time, you should shoot more from three. Because as Phil just said, you're really good at it. He's the shooting fact- He's shooting less than last year. Mm-hmm. And he's shooting a lot less than like five years ago from three, just statistically. And very small sample size. But in the last two games, he's taken 25 threes. 
Now, that Hornets game is a very big outlier for a thousand <laughs> reasons. But I will say, yeah. too, the offensive numbers are kind of starting to tick up. And that was one of the things that if Carl was listening to these pods, we were saying, like, maybe just through what we said it last week, you and I, maybe three less ant isos and three more Carl threes could just kind of unstagnate this this uh, offense. To the Carl stuff in general, the postgame stuff, I, I, I can see it and I cannot see it. I also saw there was like a kind of a viral tweet about four or five people quote tweeting the video of Carl and John speaking and Carl's in a great mood. They won. Carl's really excited to see John who is normally doing athletic stuff and he's, you know, <laughs> kind of moonlighting for ballys and, and stepping in. Uh, I, 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 I wanted to ask you this, but I don't want it to be like confrontational. It's just a question I have in general. And I pose it to the audience and the comments and all that stuff. What do you think the worst thing Carl Anthony Towns or the most frustrating thing Carl Anthony Towns has done since he was drafted by the Timberwolves? Uh, it's all just on-court immaturity stuff. Okay. Like, it's not got arrested, certainly. It's it, not. I'm just not I trying to put, think yeah. he's. I don't think he's, like, a dick to reporters. I mean, some, sometimes he he can be surly and he can be quiet and a little bit immature and cantankerous. But, like, KG could be mean to people behind the mm-hmm. scenes. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't th- so, yeah, I don't. Not, I'm not defending that, him. I'm just no. asking because uh, there's, like, this viral tweet overnight of all these people ripping on him. And, again, like, these voice changes and stuff. Oh. And it 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 it's getting. I don't really want to get into this, but it's getting That's close. It's getting close to well, more more so like the way he talks post game or on pause. It's getting really close to like some real like awkward. I mean, my voice changes every time I talk to other people, or just when I'm happy or when I'm sad. Like but I, just the way sometimes we criticize him. And the reason I ask you this is that yes, he hasn't won enough games. He has not delivered as a number one overall pick, and his on court immaturity, you know. Ant can be immature at 22. Jaden can be immature at 23 because they are still young. Carl's 28. Yeah. Like, you just, you might be who you are now. This He might never mature on the court. But is it but, fair to say that he is the, he is one of the most complex NBA superstars to evaluate in the last 10 to 15 years? Because everything everything that's being said here, we, we, we all too often try to put, like, people are doing this with Brock Purdy right now. If, mm-hmm. if you happen to, like, turn on morning national or afternoon NFL, you know, these Fox Sports One shows and ESPN and podcasts, you know, is Brock Purdy. I literally saw this morning on, on Get Up, and I love that show. Mike Greenberg has been a friend of the Mackie and Judd podcast, whatever. But it is like they were literally asking a question. Is Brock Purdy closer to being the MVP of the league or the main problem with the San Francisco, like the main thing holding the San Francisco <laughs> for it's like you just you just literally just described like Christian Ponder or is he Christian Ponder or and he's being propped up entirely by the, the system or is he Patrick Mahomes and he's dragging everyone and, and I would say 90 percent of the time in sports arguments the answer is in the gray area between mm-hmm. the things and so with Carl too on one hand I would say the most staunch cat fans would say he is a once in a well let's say a twice in a generation three times in a generation seven foot unicorn because there's guys like Jokic and Embiid out there too who is a dominant force offensively that's just been stuck in terrible situations since being drafted the man that drafted and coached him passed away of cancer and then they went on a cycle of coaches and front offices and bad teammates on it that's all true and over here, and but a lot of those people would say, therefore, you can never criticize him. And anyone that criticizes him is mean and is garbage and doesn't know ball. 
But then on the other side, the criticisms are, boy, he is a foul machine who seems really immature for being eight years in the league when it comes to controlling his emotions, knowing exactly like what spots to get to in key moments without committing offensive fouls. And in about half of the playoff games he's played, he kind of derails them by either getting into foul trouble or just like not being able to get his offense off or whatever. Maybe like, therefore, he's garbage is where mm-hmm. people will go. But like the truth is, it's in between all of that. He's complex. There's um, there's great characteristics about him that sometimes carry the franchise on a weekly basis. And then there's other things like we saw in the Memphis series two years ago where he's like unplayable for three of the games in that series. And all of that is in the stew of Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, and I, I just wanted to bring this up because I want to highlight where I'm kind of diving into how I cover or analyze or just what I think of Carl. Everything you said is right. Nothing you said is wrong. The off-court issues are stamped. They are prolonged. And this is just some of the stuff that goes along with him. I just, back to your your comment about the ringer and their NBA coverage, Kevin O'Connor and, and uh, Verno, who covers the Grizzlies, they just did their mismatch pod the other day. And they, Verno basically ripped Carl on a national podcast, making fun of his voice changes and all this stuff, which again is really starting to get a little weird to me. Like I remember when Carl like kind of, cried and like waved goodbye to the fans after one season how he got ripped and it's like again I, I just am asking I'm thinking out loud and I'm building my the way I think of this uh Chris Vernon covers a guy who posted guns online like that that seems a little more like maybe you should st- <laughs> stay in your lane a little bit in terms of how we're making fun of a guy who at 28 now we just kind of know is a weird is weird and like you said complex um again the on court stuff is all true it's just the way that we talk about it off court and the way we nitpick it is weird because we don't really do that. I mean, I just saw this morning three Thunder folk players post like a TikTok where they're like mouthing the lyrics to a song. Like, it's cool, whatever. Players, do whatever you want. But it's like if Carl Anthony Towns, you know, was mouthing the lyrics to a Reba McIntyre song and posted on TikTok, he would be suspended by NBA Twitter. <laughs> like just for being, I don't know. It's just, I, I think it's borderline bullying and I'm not trying to defend him. It's just, it's a weird way to, react to a guy whose biggest flaws are that he just hasn't lived up to the hype. Yeah, I think I think that's probably true. I think if he was like a late first round pick, if he was Nas Reed and he was kind of quirky and he didn't make super max money, he'd just be like, oh, that guy's that guy's got kind of a quirky personality. And sometimes he uh, fouls out a little earlier than you thought. But he's never so, cleared out. But he's never cleared out the room at Golden Corral and been addicted to porn like Zion Williamson. And people just continuously like, oh, Zion, you see that dunk for Duke? Like, I can give you a bunch of number one guys that have way less lived up to the hype as a number one overall pick and have done way weirder things off the court. Some criminal. This guy just has multitude of ways he responds to questions. And sometimes I do that. And sometimes I'm really happy. Yeah. Yeah, the voice, I would say this, the, the voice thing has never been, as someone who has found a lot of things to criticize him for in nine <laughs> years, the voice changing thing is not, I don't, I've never really, first of all, I don't even know how true it is, like relative yeah, to other people. I get that he has different inflections and changes his voice, but I mean, if you go back and listen to like Purple Daily podcast, there's some days <laughs> where I'm probably like on the ceiling, like, what is that? What are the Vikings doing? That's a foul. <laughs> and that was a uh, point. That was 20 minutes of Wolves Wizards coverage. <laughs> I, I, I just thought they looked. This is what happens in January when you're. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like we, we make. I can't believe they mailed in that game against the Hornets. Like, but you listen to Mackie and Kyle talk about Wolves Wizards, or they just didn't talk about it. I did. I, for what it's worth, 
again, not to use a gambling thing. It's just it's kind of interesting. They were 10 and a half point favorites last night after the most embarrassing loss. They do win by 11. So it wasn't pretty what they were down at half. And then the Wizards came out in the third and had a little run. But then the Wolves kind of, again, if they don't know by now what their calling card is, defense, then we have to really start to worry because they finally played a little defense in the third, got out to a 12-point lead at the end of the third, and then, yeah, again, just toyed with their food a little bit. But they ended up doing what they what Vegas thought they were going to do. So get back in the win column, 31-13. and 13. Uh, That matches the win total, I think, from the first year David Kahn was the GM when they yeah. went 31 and 51. It's a, it's a great segue because I have that basketball reference page pulled up right now. And Ooh, unless good. you've already gone to school on the 19 No, I have players, no idea who's on that roster. It's time to quiz Kyle for the latest historical Timberwolves roster that this year's team just caught in season wins. So, yeah, you're <laughs> right. It was 31 wins for the 2012-13 Minnesota Timberwolves uh, so the Timberwolves this year could literally lose every single game the rest of the season, and they would match the Rick Adelman and David Kahn-led 2012-13 team. Uh, so we're going to quiz you in a second and get to a random Wolf of the Week. A shout-out to our friends over at First Equity Mortgage. So a few years ago, I had a great experience refinancing the house that I lived in, the condo at the time, with David over at First Equity Mortgage. Now, David, speaking of the Timberwolves, is actually a 20-year Wolves and Lynx season ticket holder. You'll probably see him roaming around. Uh, David has good seats, too. So you'll definitely <laughs> be, be looking down toward the, uh, the court area. Uh, but not only did I have a great experience with David and First Equity, but First Equity has also handled home loans or refis for 20 of my coworkers and friends over the past decade. So we can all speak to the great work that they do at femort.com. That's femort.com or scorenorth.com, keyword David. Scorenorth.com, keyword David. Um, Also, our friends over at Zero Res are helping you to deep clean your homes, your dirty, disgusting carpets, your clogged up and disgusting air ducts. You don't have to live in that filth. You can get a hold of our friends at Zero Res. We have a 4.9 out of 5-star rating on Google with over 17,000 reviews. Ask for the Scornorth special and get three rooms zero resified starting at just $119. That's three rooms zero resified, $119, and $75 off when you get your air ducts cleaned. Ask for the Scornorth special at zerores.com, sorry, zeroresminnesota.com or 9520res. Spell it forward or backwards. It spells the same. Zero res. Quick housekeeping note, because I said this wrong. The 2012-2013 team that we're about to talk about. That was David Kahn's last year. Yeah. As the GM. 0809 was his Is when he came in. Yeah. So it was him and Adelman. And then the next year, I believe Flip Saunders was the executive and Adelman was still the coach. And that year they won 40 and 42. Rick Adelman, we need to do a podcast on him sometime. Underrated just in Timberwolves. He was a really good coach. No BS, just a good coach. He was, but they had, it was, I, I wish we would have had like 10 years previous Rick Adelman because he was like kind Kings of. Kings Adelman, yeah. It was kind of a retirement job for him. And they, and they had some teams in that era that were really good. And they had, it wasn't that year because this might have been the year that they had a couple injuries. But they had a team that was like fifth in the West in point differential and missed the playoffs and finished below 500. Like they mm-hmm. were projected to win 50 games with just their net point differential and they finished eight games below. So they had some talented teams in that era, but 
they uh, they couldn't quite get to the playoffs. So uh, 19 players played at least a game for the 2012-13 Timberwolves. How many of those 19 can Kyle name? So I'm not looking at this now, but I will I'm just let say- Ross help you here too. We're going to bring Ross <laughs> in the next. Ross, welcome back, teams. sir. I I will yeah, say this, this was- is going to be rough, by the way. This was no, one of no my cheating. favorite rosters because I know a couple guys that were on it. I still, to this day, believe Derek Williams has a chance. So I think this might have been Derek Williams' second year. He's still year. his prime, man. He's always like 31 now. He is killing it overseas uh, in the basketball world. So not only was Derek Williams on this team, Ricky Rubio would have been on this team. Yeah. Kevin Love would have been on this team. Nikola Pekovic would have been on this team. Oh, this was this might have been the knuckle push-ups year because Love oh. only played 18 games. Oh, okay. Mm, yeah. On the roster. So Peck, but then I know, because if this was the David Kahn last season as GM, there was a lot of f- weird signings, but some of them I really love. So Brandon Roy's probably on this team. Yep. Five, five games of broken Brandon Roy. And my, with all due respect to Kyle Anderson, who is the best free agent signing in Timberwolves history. I know his Q rating's a little low right now, but uh, I still have a Andre Kirilenko Timberwolves jersey. And man, they you said Adelman was kind of a... 47. Running with it. One of the best nicknames. Uh, I think he had a weird hall pass with his wife. That's another story. But he was just such a phenomenal player. Obviously, historically good in Utah. But I just loved... he. I love a good Swiss Army knife. They can do a bunch of stuff. And Andre Kirilenko getting to see, I don't know, 40 games of him was fantastic. Outside of 64, that... 64 games of Outside AK of that, I mean, there was probably like a bunch of weird random guys. Um, I always think back like Mikhail Jellaball was on that team. Yeah, 13 starts for ah, Mikhail Jellaball. Th- he was French, right? That started the yep. French... The, the French, French Revolution run of great <laughs> Wolves yeah. players. He walks so Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert could run. Um, <laughs> and then the only one I can other think of is that I don't know if this was towards the end of his tenure or the beginning, but JJ Barea was on that team. Yep, he played seventy four games. That's I think all I know. There's definitely I, a, I mean there's there's more here two. for sure. Okay, I hit got me, Ross. Two I think was Dante Cunningham on that team. Yep, Dante oh. Cunningham. He played okay. 80 games, started nine, nine Boomer, points. Yeah, he's like, a, he's like Boomer uh, Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, and this one's yeah, close. He's like a I poor think... man's Taj Gibson, kind yeah. of. Okay. He was either just traded for or maybe he was gone, but was um, seven-foot tall, lanky Chase Buttinger. Was he on that team? Chase, yep. Uh, beach volleyball Chase. He's on the, he's like right now, I think, That's right. on the national beach volleyball circuit. That's, That's 10. You guys right. are t- you, you got know 10 what? out of 19 right now. You know what else is on this team? Because he had to have started in what I believe some call the cream team. Uh, Luke Rittenauer was on yep. this team because he started <laughs> yeah. shooting all 82, guard. All 82 he started. So you, uh, got, but, you guys have 11 um, out of the 19, and there's there's more meat on the bone here. This chicken wing is not quite. Oh, did you say did you say Alexi Shved? He would have been on that team, right? Alexi, change, change, your your face. Face. Alexi? change your face. Yeah, change your face. Oh, that might have been 12. his rookie year. Okay. Um, I'm still running out of. Out of guys, is there? Yeah. I feel like I'm missing a big guy. Who was? I would say this: you're was, you're missing. Hold on, you're missing a guy that started a big man that started 19 games. You're missing like had, a bunch of starts here. Actually, they had um Kyle help me out. Um, lots of hair, tall white guy. <laughs> <laughs> that could be anybody. <laughs> right. Right, let me just um, filter through that um, really quick for ninety-two thousand. Uh, it starts with an Adam, A. Adam Morrison. Had, no, no, starts with an um, 
Oh, 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 oh. Avins? Uh, <laughs> Amundsen. Amundsen. Lou Amundsen. Yep, yep, yep. Amundsen. Lou Amundsen was on this team. He played yes! in 20 games, did not start. <laughs> oh, if if this is after if this is the second year of Derek Williams, uh, uh, Malcolm Lee from yep. UCLA. He, st- he started 12 games. Malcolm Lee. It's a gray pull, man. He he was, I think, a, I think a second round pick. This he's basically like that version of Jalen Clark, uh, and I was like, oh, Malcolm Lee is going to be awesome. Those were the days, when? man, where you just like got a half-eaten sandwich, and you're like, the, this might be it. <laughs> this might be the best thing I've ever eaten. When – I think I'm going to be wrong here because this might have been later. When did they throw a bunch of bad money at Steamsma? I'm gonna, I, Greg I, Steamsma? I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you that because Greg Steamsma started 19 games for this team. Steamer. Good call, Ross. They're probably paying Cole Aldrich, too. (laughs) I don't know. It's got to be just fringe guy. We can't be missing. You're up to 15 out of 19. This is a a job well done here. There is, so there's four guys left. I would say, well, there's one that I don't know how gettable it is, but here's your hint. If you're ranking these guys based on, like, how many NBA fans know the 19 guys on this list, this guy would be very high. Top five or six. Again, David Kahn's last year's executive. I, I said Brandon Roy, right? We get, That's on the list yep. already? Yep. Okay. Um, trying to think back dumb. to that draft. This very guy once dumb. scored tw- his best season in the NBA. He scored 20 points, seven rebounds, uh, a block, a steal, two assists, oh, this and, is- mm. and played in an NBA Finals, if I'm not mistaken. This sounds like oh random oh oh um, it does. This is just this is the deep <laughs> anal's. Is it anal's? Anal's of primer. We'll say anal's. Just anal's. Uh, deep yeah. anal's. Uh, Josh Howard. Josh Howard is correct. Josh Howard. Wow. Josh okay. Howard. Good clue. Also, um, if we're thinking young, because I, I remember the young guys. All these guys were the only thing I had going for me. Lazar Hayward. He, I might have mentioned him. Or late, late first. I round think he was pick. a second round pick out of Marquette. Um, this is wow. This is amazing. And then there was a, a t- there was a tall. It wasn't Anthony Randolph. I know he's not on this team, but there was a tall seven foot center with a super generic name. Yep. That I thought was like again, like oh maybe that's our Gobert at the time. Uh, spoiler alert, it wasn't. But I don't know. I don't know. I uh, just this, remember this. Had, this player did average one block in nine minutes per game, which is pretty good. That's my second. Yeah, that's better. His, his per thirty six minutes, if you can think of his generic name. As I buy you time here, his per 36 minutes for the Timberwolves, 15 points, eight rebounds, and four blocks. Uh, about, but he only played make up a name. How about like Bill or Will Johnson? Those You're are halfway those are there. Names. You're halfway there. <laughs> really? Halfway there? <laughs> Was uh, it the Johnson or the Will or Bill? No, it's the Johnson, <laughs> Ross. Um, 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 uh, <laughs> Uh, Chris Johnson, Chris Titans Johnson. running back, but yeah, this, that, yeah, Chris Johnson, CJ2K from the Tennessee There's Titans. One left. Can you get the last guy? The 2012 uh, 13 Timberwolves. Can you get the named, last one? Have we no, named anybody I, yet who wasn't on the team? I think I'm more impressed. No, you by are that. 18 for 18 right now. <laughs> there, there was, oh, There's one know. guy left. He played in, he played in four games, he played a total of 20 minutes. And in those games, he went <laughs> 0 for 9 from the field. Well, it's not it Mike like Miller, but Mike Miller rebound. somewhere is happy about that performance. He previously like- played for Memphis, Clippers, 
then Italian Pro League, D-League and Chinese Pro League, and then the Rockets, and then he went to a Turkish Pro League, the D-League, and then at age 30, closed out his career with uh, 20 minutes with the Timberwolves. This he was, honestly, he was a guard, point guard, shooting guard. Sounds like the reincarnation oh, of Shane Heal, now our favorite random wolf of the week. The best three-point <laughs> shooting uh, player in Timberwolves history who averaged two points a game. And Kyle, I don't know, when did you move to the Pacific Northwest, Kyle? Uh, nine years ago. Oh. Oh, I think he's a you coach. Guys might, you guys might have crossed paths. Oh, I think, yeah, because I, I, I think I tweeted that the Wolves traded me for him. Um, he's from Portland. He's from Portland. He went to UW, went to yeah, Garfield uh, High uh, School. Will Conroy. Will Conroy. Will Conroy. I, <laughs> wow, look at that. Let's go. There's no way. I'm not even convinced Will Conroy is a, a real person, other than I have heard him as a <laughs> I'm not really sure that entire coaching. roster is real, to be honest with you. <laughs> His this Twitter lady on the plane. Is, that's not real. I don't, that's not that real. His Twitter handle is Chill Conroy, and he is the associate <laughs> head men's basketball coach at the University of Wisconsin or uh, Washington. Go Huskies. Might have to get wow. him on the pod. Maybe I wonder if he. Co- I'll have to go do some digging. I wonder if he coached like Jaden and Jalen. Anyway. You know, this One should of- be a thing. We should get like, and we'll do the random wolf here in a second. But we should get the random wolf. So, what, like, once we finish it, if this is going to be like super producer stuff from Ross, that once we finish it, all of a sudden, like in the green, in the green room here on our recording, like boom, Will Conroy pops up. Oh, it's look, that's great. It's Nicole well, Pekovic. We got to do the we Russian gotta, tracks. We got to do the music too. Like, oh my God, that's Will Conroy's music. Yeah. That's Will Conroy. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I changed my voice again. Uh, I am. I, I am. <laughs> I am greasing the wheels here. Greasing. Yeah. Greasing something to. Uh, I'm killing it today uh, to get Shane Heal on the pot. I'm trying Shane Heal. I'm trying to reach out to I, your people. Let's make it happen. We would like to have you on here to, to talk about 35 years of Wolves fandom. I also uh, hey. want you guys to know very quickly. Sorry, Phil. It's funny that you would bring having that person appear. I have reached out to a few that I think are obtainable to see if they would read the clues for me. Oh, I would love oh, that. And then I, shadow? I, yep, yep, then I despite, I maybe disguise their voice or maybe put them in a shadow and they <laughs> oh, read the clues great. themselves. Like a, like a, like a suspect or a, a witness in like a crime show yep, on wit- CBS where it's dark or like, whoa. Their <laughs> yeah. Witness protection program. Yep. <laughs> Next week on Flavor and House, Shane Heal in a dark room. Yeah. Okay, let's do random wolf let's here. I have like five or six minutes here just for timing wise, so we'll, okay. I might have to rifle off my guesses quick. Um, Ross Speed is going to throw out a series of clues, and uh, Kyle and I get up to three strikes. We can throw out guesses whenever we want to. If one of us hits a third strike, the other person wins automatically. Kyle has a six to three lead in the nine that we've done so far. The last handful of random wolves are Robert Covington, Greg Smith, Shane Heal, Omri Caspi. And Bobby Jackson. So, Ross, the floor is yours. All right, gentlemen. This Wolf of the Week did not play college basketball in a power conference. So keep that in mind. He did not play college basketball in a power conference. Hmm. Hmm. So he played in the Big Ten? Anyway, keep going. I have a guess. (laughs) Well, okay. (laughs) No, you don't. Go. If I get this after one. What do you, if you get this after one, I quit. Is it Michael Oldwa Candy? It is not Michael okay. Oldwa Candy. Oh. You just wanted the dance music of all of You go to Pacific? I want to say. <laughs> okay. This Wolf of the Week is 35 years old. I love that. Love that clue. This Wolf of the Week is 35 years old. Okay, so carry the first. Try to do some math here. 
Okay. So I was told there would be no map. This Wolf of the Week gentleman still in the National Basketball Association. Hmm. I love when it's eerily silent. That's my favorite part because I know the wheels are turning. I mean, that's a re- there's that's, yeah, probably you- only like a three or four guys that could be options. I think people right? love this this bit, and I love them. They're like, I'm screaming it in the car. Someone knows who this is, and I'm like, already, 25. yeah. Who's a random wolf? Shake Milton? No, he won't be here. This, anyway. This actually finally playing again. This mm-hmm. wolf of the week was his state's Mr. Basketball in the year of our Lord, 2007. Again, this wolf of the week was his state's Mr. Basketball. Blake Hoffarber. No, I'm just 2007. <laughs> Minnesota's real miracle man, Blake Hoffarber. All right, this will start to narrow it down for you, gentlemen. This Wolf of the Week drafted in 2008. Derek Rose. Good job, Phil. Is it Derek Rose? It's Derek Rose. Let's go. Whoa. Whoa. Derek Rose. Well done. Okay. And and just to be clear, I I got it. I got yep, a little, yeah, and I got a little terrified when I read that question. We would still, even in today's college basketball, view Memphis as not in a power yeah. program. Nope. Correct. You're, you're, you're good. Yep. I, the I, Conference USA. I'm pretty. He sure. wasn't as random yeah. to me, so I guess because we, you know, we've really pulled out the Shane Heels and Omri Caspi's, but uh, Derek Rose graduated from Omri Caspi and Greg Smith to <laughs> Derek Rose over the past month. Yeah, Derek Rose. The, some, you know. The algorithm, the, stuff, the algorithm has been a lot more kind the last few weeks because you've had Robert Covington, Rocco, as the kids like to call him, and now uh, Derek Rose. So wow, Kyle, this is the first. This is the first back-to-back wins for uh, old Macadac here. All right, I, I've been working. You get your that was really back. that was a really good, well put together one. Thirty-five, still in the league. Actually, ironically, playing for Memphis now, the Grizzlies. Uh, Hey, before I know we got to go, we got to wrap this up. And again, everyone who listens, thank you so much. And, and like and subscribe. Just throw it out there so I can think about it. But we're not going to do any talking about it. Just throw out. Give me the give me the topic of the reckless speculation. Oh, that's right. I just give me like that. Okay, we'll burn it down. I will say, since we've been playing guessing games for like the last twenty minutes here, <laughs> this potential Timberwolves trade target played in his first game of the season last night. This potential Wolves trade target. Played 11 minutes, came off the bench, knocked down three of his four shots, dished out three assists and three rebounds in those 11 minutes. Oh, my this God. potential Wolves yeah. trade target spent time several years, actually, under uh, the front office tutelage of Tim Connolly himself. Are you talking about the undefeated? Detroit Pistons since Monty Morris has come back. Dude, Monte Morris is back on the court. He's an expiring contract. He's he's a point guard combo guard who can knock down some threes. What's he make? Microwave some offense. Nine point eight million dollars, nine point six yep. million. That but that's the problem is like, how do you make that work without trading Kyle Anderson? Tim Connolly was at the Wizards game last night. I mean these guys travel around, but uh, we are two weeks to the hour, I believe, from the trade deadline. So I watched that game last night. There wasn't a lot to talk about. They played a night in Brooklyn on the back-to-back. Uh, but I, that team, this Minnesota Timberwolves team at 31-13 and 13, is a player short. And that is, I know they didn't have Mike last night. They'll get him back tonight probably. But they need another guy. Tyus Jones didn't look great last night, but that might be because he's playing with 
what I deem is the <laughs> dumbest NBA roster in the <laughs> mankind. And yeah, they need another guard. They need someone that can initiate offense, that can score. Uh, Monte Morris might be might be that guy. So, yeah, yeah. Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns combined for fifty two shots and seventeen free throw attempts last night. The next closest you had Go Gobert can generate some offense if other people lob it to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jaden McDaniels was the next player with eleven field goal attempts. They just like who can kind of slot in there off the bench get you. 22 minutes, microwave some offense. Monte Morris, if you can make it work. Sloppy game, though, against the Wizards, against a team that doesn't try and does weird stuff. Seven turnovers last night. If you're looking for something to hang your hat on, it's like, can they now can they clean this up a little bit? No Mike Conley, but only seven turnovers. Four belong to Ant. Uh, not pretty game, ball didn't go in the rim, but uh, I thought it looked a little better than that Hornets game. So uh, let's see how they yeah. respond tonight. Yep. All right, boys. Great session here. A little flagrant howls for you on this Thursday. Your favorite Shout out Chris Johnson. <laughs> Chris Johnson. Generic names for the win.